Six brand optimization steps SaaS brands need to take now to prepare for AI with Annika Hataya. The InSearch SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Today we're discussing what key steps SaaS brand SEOs should take now to ensure that their site is fully optimized for the AI era. With a lady who describes herself as a typical Finn who can't master small talk. I'm sure that's not true, but we'll see in a second. She's worked both in-house and agency side and is currently head of SEO at Seeker Digital. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Annika Hataya. Hello, thanks for having me. Annika, thanks so much for joining us. You can find Annika over at seeker.digital. So Annika, today you're sharing six brand optimization steps that SaaS brands should take now to prepare for AI. And that starts off with number one, craft compelling brand pages. Yeah, so when we look at sort of the new era of SEO and search and all the sort of new AI chatbots and large language models that are becoming more public and, you know, very popular in terms of how many people are using them, um, it's very important that, you know, we try to enhance our brand's digital presence in these. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're easily recognizable by the large language models. Uh, that they understand our brand and also prefer our brand over others uh, when these searches happen. So with, with your sort of own websites, um, brand pages, especially obviously homepage, that is a very vital source of information for these AI chatbots. And one relatively simple and easy way of optimizing these for AI especially is to add your mission statement. Uh, so we, we're quite sort of aware that um, these chatbots don't necessarily prefer jargon, they, they want you to go straight to the point where you're producing your content and mission statement is usually the sort of easiest way to communicate your brand entity or bright band identity as well. It's very straightforward. It communicates your culture, you, your unique selling proposition. So um, it's quite an easy way to differentiate yourself from the competition and position yourself in the market. So. I would definitely recommend adding your mission statement. What is your purpose as a business so that the AI chatbots can understand it? That's a great tip there, certainly, as well. However, I have seen companies with horrible, flowery mission statements that don't really mean too much to many people. Um, perhaps this was more of an issue maybe 20 years ago, uh, pre-internet, and so just getting a, a group of so-called thought leaders in a room together and coming up with something that uh, was as flowery as possible. Is there best practice nowadays with regards to mission statements with AI in mind? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like mentioned, it's very important sort of not to include jargon. It seems like any sort of overly complex sentences, that's not something that the AI chatbots prefer. Um, very much sort of more conversational language and, you know, communicating your values, uh, your culture, how you would almost do that sort of um, elevator pitch to a client or, uh, you know, another brand. That would be like the easiest way to package it up uh, for these chatbots as well. That's a great way to put it as well. So it's a little bit more of a personal sharing of, of, of what a, a company does. And if you can't understand it within that 30 seconds, then it's not compelling enough. It's not succinct enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that takes us up to step number two, which is create comprehensive product overviews. 
Yeah. So when we're talking about comprehensive product overviews specifically, we obviously want to educate our potential customers, but these overviews also, you know, they support the long-term SaaS decision-making that there often is when we're buying these types of products. And so this is the kind of information that the jet folks would also prefer when they're um, sort of reviewing your brand, understanding what your offering actually is. So obviously being very clear, writing it in a very understandable manner. And again, avoiding jargon if possible. Uh, obviously, when we're talking about SaaS, we can go to very highly technical details, which they definitely have their, I guess, audience and uh, importance. But when we're talking about overviews and features, we want to really go straight to the point and ideally even use long-term keywords. They obviously help with gen sort of generic and traditional searches as well, but they very much help AI understanding your sort of content context as well. And obviously what, in addition, can be useful is to just communicate your unique value proposition. What sets you apart? What, why is your uh, product better than the others in the market? Especially with SaaS, it can be quite difficult to do that because we have obviously direct competitors who most often have very similar products um, as we do. But also indirect sort of competitors or products that have similar features, but, and they potentially cater similar you know, needs, um, buying in a different way. So it is very important to be able to differentiate yourself, make it very clear, you know, why are you the uh, sort of number one product for, for this specific, you know, challenge or problem. And one, one thing you can also add to these product overviews is the types of customers you serve. So that's almost like a direct answer to these chatbots, like who, who are you for? And perhaps even like how many users do you have? That's sort of factual information that can be, you know, additional, very good uh, information for these chatbots. And often they are visible when, when you do these searches as well. So you can also test yourself, like what is it that these chatbots prefer? What kind of information do they tend to show? Because often that's what they expect your user to want to know as well about your products. And talking about AI, are you a fan for of using a tool like GPT to create these product overviews on your behalf? So for instance, if you've got a product overview document that's a, a few pages long, would you take that and ask GPT to review the doc and create that one paragraph overview of the product for you? Or is it better at the moment for humans to still be writing that type of content? You can definitely utilize your existing, you know, you know, product um, information and any internal documents that you do have and potentially summarize the text. That's quite often what these AI applications are used for and can be very useful for. I would still suggest and recommend having somebody from your product team to fact check that and make sure that, you know, the AI chatbot might not choose the title summary that you would to promote your product. So make sure that you are actually happy with it. Um, sometimes it's almost easier to have a discussion with your product manager or your team just to make sure that you're communicating the right features and the right benefits. What is the sort of standalone feature that you want to be as visible as possible? So very much I would still include the product team in, in the development, even if you would utilize AI. And you also mentioned in your earlier answer to include things like number of users and your step number three is to showcase authentic te customer testimonials. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously when we're collecting testimonials or reviews, it can be a bit of a drag and almost seem like a time waste, but 
actually these AI models seem to want to find that trust and credibility in the same way that users do. So enhancing that EAT, of course, and gaining that social proof. So that also, when, when it's written in a testimonial format and you can make that connection between, you know, your products and then the user business or other brands that is u- utilizing your software, it kind of makes the user and the AI chatbot understand uh, the solution better. So uh, you can, that's almost like a real life use case. And that can also help when you're trying to explain your solution. And step four, seek and secure mentions in the news. Yes. Yeah, so now we're kind of moving to that offsite territory and mainly in this case, talking about digital PR and obviously gaining coverage in the news. Well, as Zika, we love digital PR, but it's, it can obviously be very difficult, especially when you're doing brand PR. So it's really important to start securing mentions and sort of obviously reputable sources. And that will help you sort of position your brand as an authority in the industry. So if we're looking at how these AI chatbots try to find information about you, they might actually go to Google News and search your brand which you should do the world to understand what they, what do they see? So what are those sort of top news articles about your brand? Are they up to date? Is it the information that you want to, but obviously for your user to see, but also that these uh, sort of chatbots to use as a citation. Some examples obviously would be, you know, any product updates. Have you just released a new product, uh, potentially released a new feature? Have you done any funding rounds if you're, you know, starting off or um, slightly bigger company? Maybe you've launched in a new market or a new country. So anything which is sort of relevant for your brand specifically would be very good uh, for this area. And I guess a suggestion that you would also have is use GPT to search for your brand, uh, ask GPT questions about your brand and, and maybe in, in relation to your industry as well, the top players in your industry and see if your brand comes up. And if it doesn't, maybe uh, try and actually determine where it's getting those, those results from. And then that will give you an opportunity to optimise from there. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important to understand the types of citations that these um, AI models use. And obviously things are moving very quickly. Things change a lot. They've been under development for a while now. And it's one day, the results might be completely different than the next day, but we can still draw some conclusions and do a bit of more research in terms of what would we expect to see uh, in these results. So yeah, definitely researching the citations and understanding how your brand is currently showing and maybe doing obviously the same for your competitors. Uh, see what types of media coverage they've received. Uh, does that actually help elevate their brand? And whether try to mimicking it or obviously doing it slightly better. Yeah, that's absolutely a good strategy. Step five, foster mentions in relevant publications. So if we're looking at outside of just generic media coverage and brand coverage, especially for SaaS, it's really important that your brand is visible in industry publications as well. So building relationships with these sites is really important and earning those mentions. And obviously, ideally also backlinks if possible, uh, that could really help strengthen the brand entity in general. Often when you do searches on, you know, let's say, uh, best AI image generator, you rarely get AI image generators in the results uh, when it comes to, you know, traditional search. So what, what we've seen, obviously, with traditional search is that these listicle articles are really popular. 
very long form informational list of uh, specific SaaS brands. They seem to be popping up obviously with traditional search, uh, but now we're seeing them as citations on Bard and Bing as well. And they, what, what we've seen with these examples is that they often pull certain brands from those lists. Well, obviously, ideally you would want to be at the top because they are most often the most visible ones. So definitely being, getting those measures in those physical articles is one of those sort of basic SEO outreach strategies for SaaS brands. And another side of, you know, getting visibility in uh, other publications would be these business directories. Obviously for SaaS, it's a really big market when it comes to, you know, G2, Captera, GetApp, et cetera. Obviously making sure that your brand is in this list. The information is accurate, it matches with your homepage and obviously other, other channels as well. And what we've seen, at least so far with some experiments on SGE, is that it generates its own listicles. So often this information is obviously pulled from multiple different sources, but if your business is enlisted on these uh, business directories where most often your competitors will probably be, you probably have less chance of showing in these generative AI search lists themselves as well. So if you've done a good job with your brand entity SEO, then does that mean that um, having a brand mention in a serious industry publication is just as effective as having a, a link from that publication? Oh yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to, you know, building a brand, we would often consider coverage, which means that either it's a mention or a link, equally important uh, when it comes to, you know, building your brand visibility, because, you know, when your brand is mentioned within these topics, which are relevant for your offering, uh, it's, it's, it can be really powerful, obviously for like traditional search as well, but Especially if you see your competitors in these pages and they're topically relevant, they're authoritative sites and pages that are already ranked for relevant keywords, then yeah, you definitely want to be mentioning those as well. Taking us up to step six, harness the power of customer reviews. Yeah. So when we're talking about, especially these directories like, you know, G2, et cetera, it's not necessarily enough that you just create the listing. You also, that's kind of when the work starts after you've created the listing. Uh, you really want to encourage your customers to leave reviews across like multiple different platforms. There's obviously very great user generated content as it is. So it helps the AI understand again, your offering a little bit better. It's a bit more conversational as well. It can obviously also improve your brand's reputation overall with your existing uh, or potential buyers. But what we've seen that the more reviews you actually have, uh, you potentially then get a chance to uh, be included in these top lists when it comes to, you know, for example, G2. The AI models tend to pull a lot of that information for these queries that start with best. So if we, if we were to search like best AI image generator, and we've seen some of the results are being pulled directly from these listings and the top listings specifically. So you really want to see how many reviews your competitors have in these topics. And you want to be there at the, I would say in the top five, so that's usually the lists don't go very long if you search on, for example, Bard or Bing. Uh, they often have like a handful of examples. So definitely it can be really useful for that extra visibility. So I remember a long time ago, um, probably about 15 years ago, a chap called Chris Anderson published a book called The Long Tail. And um, it was about 
e-commerce stores like Amazon just having a, an almost unlimited supply of different goods that they could find and different things that consumers could discover. But it's always the case nowadays, it feels like that long tail is shortening a lot and that because AI is looking for direct answers, unless you're in the first few results, the first few top brands, you're not going to get discovered at all. Is, is that a fair enough conclusion, do you think? Yeah, I would say so. Obviously, it depends on the industry. When we're talking about SaaS specifically, like we said, the buyer journey is quite long. So what what we see that these users are often doing, they're comparing a lot of brands and that comparison phase might last quite a long time. But what we see often with, especially, you know, SaaS SEOs, they, they want to create these comparison pages and alternative pages was a great strategy. Uh, but these sort of directories are one way of doing that as well. So, for example, on G2, the users can, there's an actual toggle to compare <laughs> your bit brand to another brand or your solution to another solution. So I guess in, when it comes to, you know, being on the top five, that's definitely important, but also users might find you on these listings anyway and do those comparisons. But yeah, for sure, the the higher you get to those results, uh, the better, because then that just enables uh, your potential customers to choose you for the comparison instead of your competitor. Yeah, but but it's a good point that you're also relating it back to customer reviews as well. Uh, because if you offer a particularly niche SaaS product, then perhaps the user could be looking for something in particular. They could be looking for um, a great use of email software or, or, or whatever particular software you offer. And um, if, if in that niche area of the product, when they're comparing you against a more popular piece of software that's got many more reviews, but perhaps for that little niche, you could you could have a higher rating and people would be more likely to choose you. So uh, I love your point of bringing it back to there as well. But let's move on to... The Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? So one of my recommendations often for clients, especially if they have potentially not a lot of budget or resource to do SEO is that look, where is your revenue actually coming from uh, when it comes to organic within your site? So this doesn't necessarily obviously only concern SaaS brands, but in general, what we normally see is that maybe about 80% of the revenue is driven by 20% of pages, uh, so often even less than 20%. So we often see our clients um, put a lot of resource and effort in you know, producing blogs and informational content, which is obviously great because you're building that topical authority, but that often doesn't necessarily generate ROI or make you money. So I guess my recommendation would be if you want like a bigger budget, maybe even do more R&D and SEO, you need to prove and deliver that ROI, uh, whether you're in-house or agency. So focusing on these landing pages, especially the commercial pages, and obviously make sure that they're ranking well, generating relevant traffic, and therefore then converting into sales and revenue. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Annika Hataya over at seeker.digital. Annika, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Thanks very much for having me. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. Yeah.